What's up, you beauties? Welcome to High and Wide Radio, episode 48 of season four. I'm Joe Microphone, and I'm joined by Jack Smith and Kyle Warner. If you're not listening live, please make sure to subscribe, follow, and listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or go ahead and watch on YouTube or listen on YouTube. Either way. Uh, let's also shout out the affiliate sites, fullpresscoverage.com, and the painted lines. And while you're listening to the episode, check out our site, hwhockey.net, where you can now find the Pod Street Bully podcast and the Time I Skates podcast. All right, Kyle Jack, uh, after, you know, we're coming off a week where we had the great Nicholas Delorier on the show. Um, obviously a fun episode. This week, we kind of had to, you know, kind of dig around for some topics. You know, it's uh, we're, we're in the first week of August, August 1st. Not much going on. Nothing exciting anyway going on uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers. And these days, maybe that's a good thing, right? Because anytime there's something exciting that comes out, it's probably not that good. Um, so we're just going to do some some house cleaning here. We're going to uh, keep everybody up to date with, with some of the things that have gone on uh, in the last week or so with the Flyers. Uh, and there, there's something that we kind of want to address. And later on, we, we have a, a timeline of sorts to, to kind of get you guys caught up on it and talk about. So uh, I don't know. What do you guys want to kick it off first? Should we, should we do some housekeeping and talk about Lazinski, uh, Tippett, Rocky Thompson, yeah, or you sure. want to get to the juicy stuff? All right, let's knock it out, right? Let's knock it out. Uh, so Tanner Lazinski uh, signed a two-year deal worth, uh, what was it, 800K a season, you said, Kyle? Something like that. All right, it's a two-year two year deal. The first year is two-way, where he can be sent down and come back up. And I'm pretty sure the second year is full one way. Now, he could start out in the AHL, obviously, uh, and then they call him up, but then he's up. Um, what do you guys think about that signing? Two years for Lazinski. I think that that, uh, that one year, one way on that, the, the back half, I, I haven't actually looked into that, so I'm taking your word 100% on that. If that's the case, that's a uh, real kick in the pants to Morgan Frost. Like, hey, prove the 3C or get out of the way. I didn't think about it like that. Jack, what do you think? I, I didn't think about it like that either. I mean, for me, the whole thing is like a shoulder shrug, huh? Okay. You know, I just feel like the organization's filled with these guys. Nobody who's actually real any good. A lot of bottom bottom six forwards. Good for him. I hope he uh, can stick it on the NHL roster and provide something at the bottom of the lineup. But again, you know, yeah, that's a frost, but we also just signed a guy for four years. Like it just it got so many guys who are going to clog up our bottom six. I really hope they don't start bleeding into the top six. And somehow we're told that these guys can get it done, even though we lack that high end talent. Yeah, what can I say? Good for him. He's, he's just a guy right now. And hooray. Yeah. Uh, so this guy, we were supposed to see him. Uh, two or three seasons ago, Lazinski stayed at Ohio State for all four years, uh, broke some records, won a couple of awards, uh, did good things in college, came up for a cup of coffee in 2021 uh, with the Flyers, uh, played five games, didn't record any goals, any assists. Uh, last year, spent 28 games with the Phantoms uh, after coming back from his third surgery in, in about a year and a half, scored seven goals for 17 points in, in 28 games. Um, so hopefully... Lazinski is a guy that can come up and contribute at least on the, if, if not the third line where I think he, he is capable of playing and I'm, you know, I don't want to get my hopes up for Tanner Lazinski. I think he is capable of playing on that third line, especially under a guy like Torts. Maybe he can carve out a role on the bottom four uh, with whoever's going to be down there. If it's Delorier and Patrick Brown, I, th I think we're going to, I think Lazinski is going to be one of those players. If he can stay healthy, you know, that, that we all kind of root for, you know? I mean, also worth noting, though, that you brought up the fourth line thing. Patrick Brown's UFA after this season. So mm, you're going to have go. to fill that fourth line center role. There you go. And now maybe that, I mean, that one way makes a little bit more sense. And he was a guy, I believe it was last year, maybe even the year before to an extent, that was a dark horse to start the season as a fourth line center. And I think we were all kind of pulling for it. He was a guy with Wade, uh, with Wade Allison that we thought we were going to lose um, they weren't going to bring them back for whatever reason. And they re-signed both of them. And we had, I don't want to say high hopes, but we had hopes for these guys. And it was more exciting then, but seeing how the, where the team is now and whatnot, it's, yeah, I hope he makes it. I hope he makes some kind of an impact, but his ceiling for us right now is a potential third line player. So it's like, good. Uh, another guy in the mix. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, but ultimately it's not going to change much of the rest of the roster. So I, you yep. know, I hope he can stick. Yep. Uh, worth noting that, 
no longer a kid, Tanner Lazinski. 25 years old, at least on uh, cap friendly. Let me see his birthday, June 1st. So, yeah, he'll be 25 years old heading into the season. He's, uh, you know, he's filled out, grown into his man body. Time to hit the ground running. Let's go, buddy. All right, let's move on here. Uh, number two, Owen Tippett signed a two-year contract worth $3 million, $1.5 million average annual value. Jack, thoughts on Owen Tippett signing a two-year deal worth $3 million? Again, good for him. I, I mean, you definitely you traded Drew. <laughs> this is part of the package you got back. You knew you were signing him to something. Um, I wasn't quite sure what he would get. This sounds about right, maybe slightly more than I expected. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm pinning some hopes on this guy that he somehow discovers, rediscovers how to put the puck in the net because talk about getting some guys who can do that. That would be exactly what this team needs. So does anybody you're taking that quote-unquote risk on? It's a guy like this. He has the talent, the ability. Can he put it together? You know, so this was a no-brainer. And uh, he's somebody I actually have some hopes tied to, and I'm hoping through this horrific season he's one of the bright spots. Okay. Kyle, any different thoughts there from Jack or more uh, similar? No, thoughts? I agree a lot. I mean, I, I love Owen Tippett's style. He's a workhorse. He he does work his uh, behind off to keep no cursing on the show. Doing my best. <laughs> um, he does work hard. And I think that he's one of those guys that will benefit greatly from a Tortorella system. Um, he's one of those guys that I could, I could easily see next year sliding up and down the lineup just based on work ethic. I mean, um, and work ethic works in Tortorella system. We, we, we've seen several players blossom under Tortorella just under work ethic alone. Uh, again, one of those guys though, it's like hit or miss. You're going to either get, a heck of a season out of him, or you're going to be like, why the heck did we sign this dude for two years? <laughs> like, <laughs> So I'm going to attempt to open up a small can of worms. Um, I think immediately after the news was announced that Owen Tippett signed for two years, three million, I put something in the group chat and I think I even apologized because everybody was being so positive about it. And I was like, Oh, you know what? Like I haven't had coffee yet. Like, sorry for being negative. Why does Owen Tippett get two two years, three million? Hasn't done anything in the NHL, right? The Panthers didn't want him, right? The Flyers took him because, you know, he was the best they were going to get. Morgan Frost gets one year, eight hundred k. Obviously, because he hasn't proved himself in the NHL. What's Tippett done to prove himself in the NHL? He got two point two million more than. Morgan Frost. I was just a little bit perplexed by that. I mean, uh, average annual value got 1.5 million. Frost was playing for 800K. So he basically doubles his salary. Is this a case of, and I, I think our buddy John Gove kind of elaborated on it a little bit more on Twitter. Is this a case of, this is the guy we got for Drew. We need to sign him for two years, you know, to see what he's got. Maybe they know what they have in Frost, and they're they're saying, okay, this is your last chance. What do you guys think? Is there any way to compare those two, or am I just being kind of a grump doing this? Well, so I mean, you, you definitely have merit in the argument that you traded Giroux for the guy. Like, he came over in the Giroux deal, and while none of us were super excited about Owen Tippett coming here, we, you know, I mean, he didn't blow anybody's doors off. <laughs> you do need to save a little bit of face organizationally and sign the guy that came over. But again, as I alluded to earlier, I think that his style of play, it, it can be conducive to points in a John Tortorella system. So I think that the, the fit of Owen Tippett in a John Tortorella system versus the fit of a Morgan Frost in a John Tortorella system, it, it's not even comparable. I mean, I don't see Frost, blossoming in a John Tortorella system. I see him being benched. Yeah. Yeah. I'm inclined to agree, especially on the Giroux factor. Um, the only other thing I'll add is Tippett was um, a top 10 pick and Frost uh, was, I believe at the very end of the first round, but he had a second round projection that might have something to do with it. But for me, it really, and, he, and he's played more games and has more points, I guess not by a whole lot, I think Frost has played – I got it right here. I'm going to pretend like it's coming off the top of my head. I'll just tell you. Uh, 77 games, 7 goals, 16 assists for 23 points. 
where Tippett's got 115 games, 18 goals, 22 assists for 40 points. So, I mean, he's more consistently played, I guess. He's been out there more often, and he has the points to show it. Um, that and the draft status and the Drew factor, I think I think that's it. I think that's the pieces of the pie right there. Um, that being said, I think Owen Tippett also plays on things like the penalty kill, and you're never going to see Morgan Frost out there playing on the penalty kill. <laughs> and yeah. he's a redhead. That fits a uh, Flyers MO. It's well. the bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, that explains it right there. Yep. Um, all right. I was just curious because my my first thought, and I wasn't sure if I was just being a negative Nancy, was why does Owen Tippett deserve three million dollars and a two year deal, and Morgan Frost doesn't? Not arguing for Morgan Frost, but I just thought it should have been similar. Maybe two year, one million, or whatever. Two years, two million. So I was just curious. But okay, I don't want to make a big deal about it. I wonder what the pro scouts know because we know that there's issues with Frost. At least we perceive there's issues with Frost with maybe some of his off ice. I don't want to say training regiment, but um, just the way he carries himself and certain factors, certain things we've heard. Maybe there's some kind of issue with the organization with that, how much they believe in him. Um, they know a lot more about Frost than they do Tippett and things they were told about Tippett, especially if he's being dangled in a trade. They probably know more positives than negatives, and we'll figure out the rest later. Um, and I'm sure that, yeah, this is another factor with everything else. The Drew thing, of course, you're going to – you're going to want this guy to succeed a lot more because you know he got burned in the trade. It is what it is. Yeah, they, he flat out lost the trade. Not all his fault, but he did. So having this guy blossom and believing in him and throwing everything behind him would behoove Fletcher. So uh, yeah, it makes a, it makes a lot of sense to just give him the full, uh, just the whole pat on the back and whatnot. And yeah, go get it. Go make me look like a genius, please. <laughs> so, so this all being said, um, and I'm not saying this is going to happen at all. And he's not a center, so it's not the perfect comparison. But remember when Calgary let Sam Bennett go? Mm. Sure do. And then remember what he did with Florida? Sure do. I mean, could we have a possible? I hope. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Talking about two different teams, though. Both those teams have had success recently. Us, on the other hand, with our development staff – I get what you're saying. I feel like if it was any other team, it was possible. But here, <laughs> couldn't have landed in a worse spot for that to happen. I agree to an extent, but you know what? I've seen I've seen weirder things transpire when it comes to players just having a ridiculous year. So yeah, no, Bennett's an actually a pretty good example, and that, that's what you hope for when you grab a, a I don't want to say a cast off because uh, Tip is still young, but uh, somebody like that, you hope for the the career resurgence or whatnot in his case the blossoming you know that's that's all you can hope for but um yeah, hey maybe we'll get lucky i feel like we're due don't we feel, we've had not only as the organization all morons but we have <laughs> had the worst luck with the draft with uh, the positioning with injuries especially with our our backup goaltender being detained you want to say he's at service hit guys in jail for seriously you know in the arctic circle and shit like talk about bad luck you know, it's about time something broke right for this team. So I could – they're not making a playoffs, but to, for him to have, like, a good season for what they expect, we're due. I really believe we're due. I just love how you went straight to – so management's all licking windows. and <laughs> It's true. They don't – but it, it, with that, because they don't have any luck either. You know, they, they just, they just terrible, terrible luck with morons running the show. And that's how you have multiple 10 game losing streaks in one season. It's really impressive when you think about it. It is. It is. Uh, Kyle, you brought up Matt Reed earlier today, I think, or was it uh, last, last, last episode? I think, um, yeah, like the flyers kind of lucked into Matt Reed, you know, like, I don't think anyone expected. I mean, I didn't expect him to be a twenty goal scorer. For, Who was I uh, comparing him to? Somebody on Noah Cates, I think it was. No, yeah, yeah Noah Cates. Yeah, 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 Noah Cates had like fifteen or sixteen points to round out the season in like twenty games. I don't even know if it was that much, or maybe he had nine points in fifteen games. If if Owen Tippett turns into a, a Matt Reed. Would you be would you be okay with that? Would would that I'd be, be okay with it? Especially if my prediction of Noah Cates turning into a Matt Reed comes true as well. Then you get two Matt Reeds, two twenty goal scorers. You didn't expect to score twenty goals. I'll take it all day long. If it's if it's continuous, you know, I think Matt Reed did that for what two three seasons, then kind of fell off. 
Uh, if it's like a career of that, then yeah, that would be nice. That'd be very nice. I'll take it at least. You know, I'll even to... take the couple of years and then fall off thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we better trade him. We better to win anything in the next couple of years. Better make the trade while we can, while it's hot. But um, yeah, I mean, I'll take it. I'll take anything at this point. Let's be real. Like, give me something positive. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, okay, so you want something positive. So the Flyers bring on uh, Rocky Thompson as assistant head coach of the Flyers. I, I believe he will be in charge of the power play. And Rocky Thompson uh, is 44 years old. He was drafted in the third round of the 1995 NHL entry draft by the Calgary Flames. Um, did he play in the NHL? Yes, he played 25 total NHL games between Florida and Calgary. He was the head coach in the AHL for the Chicago Wolves. He brought them to the uh, what, what's it called, Jack? The Calder Finals? Calder, Calder Cup Finals? Cup, yeah, for the AHL, yeah. He lost in the Calder Cup Finals with the Chicago Wolves. They had a record that year of 44 and 44, 22 and 10. So pretty solid there. Um, obviously, the first thing everyone talks about here when he was hired was that he tried the fight of Vander Kane while he was a coach with the San Jose Sharks uh, during the, one of their power play meetings. So you know, the Flyers wanted to bring in a little bit of toughness, a little bit of sandpaper. They go ahead and bring in a Nick Delorier, and they go ahead and bring in a Rocky Thompson, who might kick your ass during practice as a coach. Uh, thoughts on that hire? Uh, I mean, they said they wanted to be tougher to play against. I don't know how that fits the bill, uh, unless he's going to give the whole team a shellacking. Uh, he might take his shirt off and fight somebody on the other team. I guess that's good. Um, but that whole thing, we want to be tougher to play against, especially when Charlie asked uh, Fletcher, and that was his elevator pitch. It's like you added a fourth-line guy. W what are they going to do? Play them the whole game? Like I, I, don't, I don't understand how – they had a wrist line in last year, and they got easier to play against. So I, I don't know. I, I, I guess from back to Thompson, but basically what I heard on him is um, he's surprisingly um, better – offensive minded for the career he player he is or was career he had uh he surprised a lot of people with his knowledge um and uh, i think that's why he got to be a head coach in the ahl so quickly um so we might be, might be uh we could be in for a pleasant surprise i still think there's an issue with this team with the actual players on the ice but um we he could be a pleasantly pleasant surprise here i, I did hear some good things about him I think that the organization is just flat out taken. Uh, not only do they want to be tougher physically on the ice to play against, but they also are done allowing coaching staff to be the types that take crap from their players. I don't, I don't think, I think that it's kind of uh, like, we're going to change the whole mentality from inside the locker room and on the ice. Like nobody's going to talk crap. Or nobody's going to give crap to Torts or Rocky Thompson. Yep. It's not. It's not going to happen. So I don't know if that if that plays a role into it. Maybe they're done with the players' bullcrap. Like you don't want to play, then don't play. And you got coaches now that will bench you. We don't care what you're making, but you're benched. So I don't know if it's tougher to play on the ice. Like, I don't think that really plays a factor into this deal as much as it's just kind of trying to change the mentality of the locker room. And by bringing in hard-nosed coaches, you, you can do that. I agree. And uh, I know I've said it a couple times now, but for me, that's what I'll be watching next season for, right? Because obviously, I mean, we would like for them to win games. How possible that's going to be, we're going to find out. But I, I'm looking to see the mentality. I want to see minds changed. I want to see. I want to see guys busting their ass every shift, even when they're down five nothing, five one, whatever it is. I want to see them playing their asses off because um, that stuff eventually you break through to the other side. You know, you start winning games, and uh, it's got to start somewhere. Unfortunately, hopefully. That that's what we see this upcoming season. So uh, is, he, is he in charge of anything else besides the power plays? Like, is he got the defense or something? You usually have a second role. Uh, not positive. I'm not positive. I, I'm okay. not sure if he if he does have another one. I, I didn't hear. I, I did hear specifically the power play. 
Um, so it'll be interesting because I'm not going to lie. I don't know anything about Rocky Thompson. I know he used to, be, you know, he had a cup of coffee in the NHL. He was a tough guy, 200 penalty minutes every other year. Don't know much about him as a coach. Know that he took the AHL Wolves to the Calder Cup final. That's awesome. Uh, I know that he fought Evander Kane in a power play meeting in practice or wanted to fight him, took his shirt off, whatever the hell. Hey, I, I'm for that, you know? If you we, if, do you guys yeah. think that, I mean, if they can get the Flyers roster to actually put forth damn close to max effort every shift, at the very least, we should see less of the, we got a goal, and then them come back immediately and stomp our shit in and get a goal back. I mean, how many times, we must have set the record last year on how many times or how fast opponents scored after we scored, especially in the third period. They were near the top. I remember seeing that stat towards the end of the year. I think, and believe it or not, I think the Blues were up there in that stat too. That's why I remember because the Blues were pretty good. Uh, we, I think we were worse actually. It's funny on the power play in the third, we would get scored on shorthanded, and that cost us a lot of. I think we were, had the lead, and it like tied the game, or it was tied, and they took the leads. Like a lot of that crap went down. Happens I just to me every single time in EA Sports NHL. <laughs> if, if I get a power play with five minutes left and I'm up by a goal, somehow they get a breakaway I, every time. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to the Flyers, they that they, they're pretty. Um, the game can be pretty close to reality. It's probably one of the only examples I can think of. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Power play is very X's and O's. So, I, I, are, were they really like doubling down on making every all the coaches you know monsters? And they're I just, I just feel like this team is so mentally weak that if anything, it'll weed out some of these guys. I don't see that resonating very well i just does uh tortorella need like backup he's known as a who he is you know like i wonder how much i just feel like thompson was more of a they liked what he did in the ahl and he's got a surprisingly good offensive mind and that's why he's running the power play and that they liked what they saw with him and they i mean i think all the other stuff makes you think that about him and obviously he's hot-headed if he's threatening to fight his own player but Think about who he's trying to. I fight. mean, it was also Evander Kane. So yeah, exactly. His own player trying to fight him. So yeah, so it's so I don't know. I don't. I don't know that if it's necessary for that. I mean, I wouldn't be against it. I am worried about the mental makeup of certain players on this team. I think they're fragile. Um, but ultimately, I think he was placed there because he was good at what he did. So hopefully, you know, they pull. They can pull something together. All this being said. Um, did anybody take note on who actually made the decision to hire him? Was it a Torts pick? You would think Torts would be picking his staff. Yeah, I don't know. They didn't. I, I don't remember seeing that. To be honest with you, that's what I'm saying. Is usually, it, usually they say like, "Oh, well." well it's funny is I always assumed the coach picked his assistants only when they brought in Vigneault and Fletcher had his guy and Vigneault had his guy. Was it like was I like alerted to that? I just assume the coach picked his, his coaching staff because that's how it is in every other sport, probably most other teams. Like, why is Fletcher picking an assistant coach? No, all due respect, but he's got no business doing any of that. He couldn't even pick the head coach without severe help. So why is he even involved in that decision? And that went so well last time. So, like, no, I, I, I would hope that it was all Tortorella. And if I were – I mean, I'm sure this is how these guys think. If I'm getting hired, then, yeah, it's my decision. It's my ass on the line. Yeah, so, but, like, my point to that was is how much are we sitting here talking, like, me especially, saying that uh, the organization's done with taking crap from the players, and then, but it's the coach who's picking his assistant coach. So, it may have literally nothing to do with it. Pure speculation on my part. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember seeing anything like, oh, Tortorella picked them. Usually, they have some kind of past connection or this or that, but I don't remember seeing that. So, uh not not really sure how they came to that conclusion. The other thing that was weird is they announced this like maybe a month ago and it was made official or something like a couple yeah. of days ago. So that was weird. But all right. Well, that's uh, that's pretty much it for the housekeeping. Right. It took us uh, 20 minutes to get through that. We have some juicier topics now. And what do you guys want to start with? You want to start out with Carter Hart, Sean Couturier, uh, Scott versus Fletcher. Do you, do you want to you tell me it's your guys night. It's your Hart. show. Carter Hart. Yeah. All right. right. Mm -hmm. So my good buddy, Travis Ballinghoff had mentioned to me uh, a couple days ago that Al Morgani was on, I believe it was Jason Mertidis' show and Carter Hart came up and Morgani mentioned something to the tune of, 
uh, are we sure that Carter Hart is still going to want to be here if things keep going this way? That Or that's what he was afraid of. Um, hang on a second. Here we go. Actually, all right. So Al said, I have no worries about the goaltender. The only worry I have about him is he gets tired of this and he wants out. Um, that was on another show. It wasn't on Martinez's show. Um, but it was an interesting comment because I had heard a few months back that if things didn't change uh, management-wise, that a certain player, who we may or may not be talking about right now, would want to leave. And for Al Morgandy to say that on this show that will not be named, it made me think a little bit. Is there an actual possibility that Carter Hart would ask for a trade or, or you know, not be a flyer for the rest of his career? Could he potentially want out if things don't turn around, what do you think, Kyle? We'll go to you first. I don't know, man. I try not to speculate on what other individuals are thinking, especially when it comes to a franchise goaltender, because they're already weird. <laughs> Goalies are weird people, and it's really hard to get in their minds. They're humongous big minds. So I <laughs> I, I try not to speculate too much, especially on goaltenders. Um, I don't see why, if this goes south, very quickly, especially this season. Why I would want to stick around if I'm a potentially franchise goaltender who has the option to go pretty much anywhere I want in what? What's he? What's his contract up in what? Two years now? I think it is. Let me just bring that up because I'm on cap friendly now. One second, buddy. Go ahead. Yeah, but if if my if I know my contract's up in two years and I can pretty much say I'm not re-signing here, you have to trade me. Yeah, he'll be here for two more seasons. Yep. This season coming up and one more. Yeah. Then whatever. That's between him and the organization at this point. I can't I don't I don't even pretend to know. I hope he doesn't. I hope he wants to stick around. Um, because Carter Hart's a franchise goaltender. So once this starts turning around, it would suck to have to start back over trying to find another goaltending savior because god dang it we went 20 years trying to find a freaking goaltender <laughs> maybe heart's the curse you know how we've been kind of looking for the curse maybe it's heart because ever since he came up we just have not been good that's not heart's fault he came mm -hmm. up into a mess maybe we're and just not meant to have a goalie hmm? what it sounds like it feels like we're not meant to have anything and <laughs> I, I gotta believe it if i'm heart I, I probably would i would want out he probably hates hockey now like he think about it. He's got to play all these games this year, especially he better be prepared to play all 82 because there ain't nothing behind him. So, I mean, you're going out there every night. He's already got a psychiatrist, like even before he started playing in the NHL and you're, you're given slop in front of you and people still, even fans who watch the game, they still blame Hart. Not us, obviously, but they still blame Hart like he's a problem. You talk to people outside of the organization, they're like, oh, well, they still have a goaltending problem. It's like, Jesus Christ, man, how can you watch this team and see him under siege like that constantly, night after night, and think he's the problem? So on top of getting criticized, and he hasn't been perfect, but not many goaltenders would in that, this situation. Uh, not getting any help. It's, it's a dumpster fire. He's used to winning. He was racking up awards in uh, the ECA. I'm sorry, in uh, in juniors. Uh, and now he's here and everything is loss after loss. The raw locker room probably sucks. And he's used to winning. He can't do that. Like, why wouldn't you want out? You got guys at the top that we all know are dumb, are stupid. They don't know what they're doing. There's no direction. You know, we got told they're going to get better for next year. And they haven't done anything. They, they added a fourth line. How's that help Hart? How does Anthony D'Angelo... And Delorier help Hart really, like how Ellis is not coming back. Nobody, we're not being stupid here. Like he's sitting there, like what the hell, man? Like you told us last year that you wanted to change the the goals against, so you you got Ryan Ellis. Well, guess what? He played four games. You did nothing last year, not that you could. Now we're this year, and you you picked up Anthony D'Angelo. You think he's going to help defending? He's a mess in his own end. You know, Provi's like on the edge of one and out himself. So you got you gave me Travis Sandheim. I hope York turns into something. You brought back Justin Braun, who's another year older. You brought back all the other seventh defensemen as well. What have you done for me? What are, what are you doing? Like, I, my mental state can't do this anymore. 
So it wouldn't surprise me if it starts off again and he's getting criticized for not being able to make a save on a three on O, you know, like I, I wouldn't blame him at all. It makes perfect sense to me. And I agree with him. Some guys in the front office definitely should be out of here. Yeah, it is interesting. I, I never thought I would. Though, I'm wondering though, how much of that, I mean, blends to back when Elaine Vigneault started blaming Carter Hart. Like, the whole team's a disaster. That dude's system was an absolute disaster. And then you come out publicly and say, well, Carter Hart's got to be better. What? He would defend other players, but then he had no problem throwing his young goalie under the bus. That was, that was, I called it out at the time. I thought that was BS. You know, and, it, you know, Vigneault was, he didn't last much longer after that. Like, we can, we watch the games. Lake Tahoe, especially, like, right out of the gate, 2 on 0 score. Like, <laughs> Come on, man. Like, you cannot be giving up these kind of plays. It's unbelievable how often he's got to literally stand on his head to attempt to make a save. And then later, when you're already down 4 nothing, he'll give up a softie. Like, yeah, I'm sure all his angles are off, his confidence is off, because he's playing for a ECHL team in front of him. It would affect anybody. It really would. And people, no, he's got to be better. Well, yeah, he does, but it's kind of hard. I bet you if he went anywhere else, he would – I don't know if he'd be the greatest, but he would be damn good. Absolutely. And if that happens, there'll be all the teams be lining up to take him. I guarantee it. Oh, and can we officially discuss how Justin Braun now only costs us a second, not a second and a third? He'll always have cost us a second and a third. Nah, we got that third back for Justin Braun. <laughs> well, I mean, all that, that is true. All right. So, Carter Hart. I, I don't know. Uh, I just don't know. I don't know what to make of. I don't know what to make of that. You know, um, is it one of those things where if there's smoke, there's fire? I don't know. Do we want to? Do we want to make the smoke? I don't. I don't want to make that smoke. I don't want to blow on that that uh, that tinder or whatever you want to call it. Right, Kyle? You're the you're the uh, outdoorsman. You were looking for ember. That's ember. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to make something out of nothing, but. You hear that once. Now you have Morgani going on a podcast and saying something like that. And it's like, well, is that a little bit of smoke there? That that Carter Hart may not want to be here past his contract. Now, we didn't hear anything specific like that. But this season, we're all expecting this year to be absolute crap. We're not expecting anything good as far as points and wins and playoffs and that and this and that. Uh, he's going to be 24. He's going to be 25 by the time that contract is done. He's going to be approaching, I would think, his prime as a goaltender. He's 26, 27, 28, 29-year-old seasons. This next contract is going to be a big one, the five- to seven-year contract, you would assume. Uh, he's going to be making, you know, between, I would assume, 5.5 and $7 million. I would assume, right, if things go according to plan for Carter Hart. Well, well that's the other thing, Jim. Sorry to jump in, but, like, he wants to get paid. If he's playing on this team and his overall stats are this bad because of the team in front of him, how is he going to be able to ask for much of a raise? I mean, it, it's – one, you want to be good. You want to win. But also financially, like, I want to I want to get paid. I, I played my whole life for this. I prepared my whole life for this. I've won every award up until this point. And now I don't have a chance of doing much of anything because the, the team in front of me that's being put there by this clueless GM is so damn bad. There's no direction. So I don't know when it's going to get fixed. Like I'm just rotting away here. Like I, of course I would want out. I would definitely be like, yo, you bet, are we going to do something here? Because I'm just as confused as the fans and I'm not going to be one getting shelled night after night and then getting criticized for it. And if you have another dumbass coach, throw me under the bus when half of your team is asinine, then yeah, I want the hell out of here. I like why why would he want to stay? Yeah. It um like I said, I don't I don't want to create any smoke, but I, we are going to talk about it and uh it's something. It's something to keep an eye on. Not going to make a huge deal about it, just something to keep an eye on, right? Um so yeah. With uh with that, let's move on a little bit. We're uh how far are we into this friggin' show here? We are 34 minutes in. We have a couple more topics. So, something that not a lot of people are talking about. Obviously, Sean Couturier is coming back from back surgery this season, which is a huge deal in itself. What's he going to look like when he comes back? Is he going to be similar to what we had in the past with Sean Couturier? Is, can he return to Selkie Couturier form? 
The other part of that equation is, what's he going to look like without Claude Giroux post-back surgery? Because we've seen Couturier with Giroux. Uh, we haven't seen him, you know. The guy just had surgery on his back. And now he just <laughs> lost his, his best winger, right? What's he going to be offensively? Is he going to be a shell of himself? He just signed an eight-year contract, starts next season. It, that's a legitimate question mark, Sean Couturier. Uh, I, you know, for, it's he's not as much of a lock as I think people want to believe it is. Because, it's it, dude, it's back surgery, right? It, it's a big deal. I don't know. There, there's <sighs> the only player that we found, and once again, shout out to my buddy Travis Ballinghoff, that had similar had a similar issue was Oscar Clefbaum. And I'm going to bring him up real quick here just so uh, I'm not spewing filth. Oscar Clefbaum. How do you spell Clefbaum? Emphasize filth. <laughs> All right. So Clefbaum. All right. So diagnosed with similar injury, I believe. I will go back and double check Isn't that. Isn't like arthritis or something? Oof. Yes, it was. But that's not what the Flyers said Jean Couturier had. Yeah. Um, trustworthy. Has not played since 2019-2020 for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, so he's missed the 2021-2020. I'm sorry, he's missed the last two years, Oscar Clefbaum. Um, not great. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, I believe, also had the similar injury. Uh, he retired the year after he found out. So not, not, not a great track record of this. And again, the Flyers never came out and said that it was back arthritis or arthritis in his back. Whatever it was, they took care of it. We'll see, right? That's one thing. Add in that there's no Claude Giroux, which you keep mentioning. What can we expect from Sean Couturier? And do we have a reason to be worried about our number one center that just signed an eight-year contract? Jack, go ahead. We have every reason to be worried. I, now, I don't think that's what's going to happen, but we have every reason to be worried because I don't trust this medical staff. I don't trust much of what the Flyers say at all. Back is a big mystery in a lot of ways to the medical field, so you really don't know what you're working with. However, my gut feeling is he comes out okay. He might have a few more maintenance days than we're used to. I don't foresee this affecting him career-wise till a couple of years potentially, hopefully not at all, but I don't see it happening right away. Uh, as far as Giroux's concerned, I, yeah, I don't think Couturier is scoring any 30-goal seasons anymore. I think that's done. Uh, I think he'll be more of a playmaking, how he was. Um, I think he'll be okay. I think he'll still have the Selkie caliber play. Um, I do think his points take a hit. Um, and I think the – is he a true first-line center talk probably uh, – Gets louder. Gets louder, yeah. I think that gets a little louder. I don't think he'll be bad by any stretch. Um, but I just, come on, you didn't just lose anyway, or you lost Drew. You had an opportunity to replace him. You didn't. Um, and I, I just think that's, it's going to affect him. I still think he's going to be good, but those, the overall point totals just aren't going to be there. Anything to add there, Kyle, or you just agree? I, I agree. I mean, I'm worried about it. I mean, anybody in their right mind should be worried about a player who just signed an eight year deal. Uh, coming off of what could be potentially career-implicating back surgery. I mean, nobody's really speaking up to what kind of injury, how severe, anything like that. They just said he had back surgery. So, I mean, when you leave our minds to wander, uh, it, they're going to wander to dark places. We're Flyers fans. It's been a dark place for a while. <laughs> We're automatically assuming the worst. I think he'll have an okay season next year. I don't I don't think he's going to set the world on fire by any means. Um, hopefully, the corrective measures taking place in the surgery uh, last a couple of years. But who knows at this point? Who knows? I hope for the best, prepare for the worst. It's all you can really do. It's, and they're not going to tell us how bad it is because they still have to find a way to sell tickets and Santa sacks because their offseason sure as hell didn't do any of them do them any favors. Agreed. And Agreed. just to just to 
clarify something here because I also thought it was arthritis in his back for Oscar Clefbaum. It was arthritis in his shoulder, but even still, not a great spot to be dealing with that. And uh, yeah, I, I think somebody recently asked Holland, the general manager of Edmonton, about his status, and he his response was he's done. He's not coming back anytime soon. So, yeah, not uh, sorry, not not great news there. We'll see though. We'll see. Let's remain optimist. Well, let's let's remain positive. Why not? <laughs> what else do we have? You know, we this did it with. Feels we like, did it with... <laughs> this feels like the the we're the we're the guys on the Titanic playing the violin. <laughs> and son of a bitch is sinking. <laughs> yeah, me and Kyle go to go to throw our shit and leave. And Jim's like, one last song. Come on. Wait, Come wait. On. Everybody remain calm. Do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's fine. We stood by Patrick. We stood by Ellis. Let's do it with Coots. You know, Coots we'll is the guy that hit the propeller on his way down. Yeah, yeah. let's stick by him. It's going to happen. Don't worry. Yeah. So, I, but, but I mean, we're not talking about it. I think is number one, I don't want to talk about it because it's another thing. You know, I want to, it'd be nice to talk about something positive and not another what if. That's a massive, massive. Coots is going to put up 80 if. points this year and shut us all up. Pound then retire. Screen. Pound it, baby. <laughs> Pound retire. me, Kyle. <laughs> and then retire. Yeah, probably. Sheesh. Yeah, so that's interesting because it, it's it should be a bigger deal than it is, and I feel like it's not getting a lot of attention. At least, which makes you nervous. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> On the bright side, Racco Gudis isn't here to blow his knee out in the <laughs> second round of the playoffs. So here's something, Kyle, because I don't think you were on the show when Jack and I were talking about this. So we were talking about some of Fletcher's moves, mm. and uh, we were kind of thinking back uh, some of his better moves. And I think the one that we, that we talked about that came up was the Niskanen for, for Gudis, and I think there was some salary worked out. We all salary loved that retained. deal. Yeah, we all loved it at the time. And, you know, even looking back, it's like, all right, well, that was a solid deal. Sucks that Niskanen retired. Uh, but the Flyers gave up a tough defenseman who has been playing pretty good in Florida, right? He's pretty respectable, uh, putting up decent now, out. right? What's that? He's UFA now, ain't he? Not positive on that. Let's he put the be. band back together. Get Hag, bring Gudis back. <laughs> Hag's going to Detroit and miss their boat. I think Raffle's available, though. But what I found interesting is the very thing that Fletcher was trading away he was he's now trying to bring back and he's you know they, they I don't know what Gudis was making now but I know it wasn't 5.2 million yeah. you know what i mean so they they move Gudis for Niskan and Niskan and retires they realize oh we need toughness on the blue line they go out and trade for Rista line and sign him for 5.2 for five however many years and it's like Dude, you had toughness on the blue line. I, yeah, I don't but know. at the time but at the time that that Rista line and deal if it was the same offseason where they went and got, they traded Gudis for Niskan and then traded for Ristolainen in the same offseason. I would be like, uh, all right, yeah. that's a little weird, but it's it's two different offseasons. I mean, you, so you think it, I'm reaching a little bit and, you know, well, hindsight's yeah, it's, it, it's kind of like, well, nobody anticipated Niskan and retire. Niskan and retiring and, and dealing with Justin Braun on your first pairing or and none of that. Hey, like, wa- of that. Watch your mouth, dude. All right. Like, keep going. Uh, I know. Back with that keep going. You're on Justin a roll. Norris Braun. Yeah, we know. <laughs> he did his job. He's not even it. Justin anymore. It's Norris. <laughs> I, I'm cool with that. Maybe we should make I'm that sure a trade. You are. Norris Braun. Norris Braun. I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying. Nobody anticipated that. So I. Well, the, the conversation hard. was essentially like, name of a trade Fletcher won and a lot of people go right to Ellis and I look back at that now knowing how long David Pooley I believe is pronounced for the uh, Nashville Predators uh, GM how long he's been in the NHL and what he's done with very little out there I think he knew how uh, messed up Ellis was I think he was on to something and that's why he took so little you know he took two lottery tickets essentially we can laugh about Noel Patrick, but he flipped him immediately to to Vegas. Yeah, he but took, got another uh, Cody Glass. Yeah, yeah another another lottery good. ticket in Cody Glass. But still, they're lottery tickets, and ultimately, there's no salary implications there. He offloaded over six million dollars, so I can't say that Fletcher won that deal, considering Ryan Ellis played four friggin' games, and now we have, that, we can't make in other the moves. Long run, 
in the long run, if Ryan Ellis does retire, I mean, let's let's put it let's look at it this way. Phil Myers isn't playing in the NHL anymore, apparently. And uh, Nolan Patrick's never going to play a full season again. So in the long run, it is what it is. I mean, it, it's like trading dead cap for dead cap on dead cap. I mean, right now it's going to be LTIR. Yeah, but it's they can't do that till later in the offseason. It's affecting any moves they can make now. No, That's when well, everybody goes. Well, they're allowed to go 10% over the cap. Right, but with, I guess they couldn't. They, with all the people they still needed to sign, they just chose not to. Right. They still got restricted free agents. They got to find a way to sign. They didn't sign a backup goalie, a real one anyway. They never replaced Claude Giroux. They just let that slide. You know, I mean, they really didn't do anything. And it, having that money right from the start of free agency would have probably changed a thing or two. Maybe Goudreau is here. I don't know. But if either Brian- way, Nashville was able to re-sign – uh, Forsberg, who everybody thought was definitely gone, as it went on, we realized he was going to stay. But like they were able to d- spring him back. They're in much better shape than we are. I think he took two lottery tickets that eventually he could just cut, cost him nothing, and he offloaded over $6 million. Now we're sitting here saying we can't make moves to upgrade because we don't know his situation. So my whole point about that is we thought that was a surefire win for Fletcher, and uh, now I can't even say that. So it's like what does, trade has he won? Does and I, Ellis – Ellis retiring have cap implications for us? I don't think so. From what I, my understanding is if they're signed to 35 or older and they retire, that affects your cap. Um, he was signed before 35, so it doesn't matter. But I, I'm not 100% sure about that. But I do think if he retired, they'd be okay. I'm well, not not, uh, Matt Niskanen didn't cost us anything on the cap, and that contract was signed before he was 35. So, right. I think me. that's the rule. Yeah. So it's always, but like, the Weber thing, the whole cap recapture thing. Like he didn't sign that when he was 35. That was the deal we offered him like 10 years ago, uh, uh, more than 10 years ago now. Like, uh, well, do you think that has know. to do with that was before the eight year limit? Maybe, maybe that's it. It was, it, 14, it was, a long it was 14 years long. Yeah. No, remember those days? Like Kovalchuk 17 years or whatever it was. <laughs> um, yeah. So maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But, um, you know, I can't say that Fletcher won that trade considering he got four games out of the guy. Now we have all these cap implications where Nashville's looking nice right now, even though the guys they got in return didn't work out. I think that was by design. It really didn't matter. It was offloading somebody he couldn't use. Uh, and then he, Niskanen came up. The Niskanen, I love that trade at the time. I think the Capitals were okay with it because they just had cap issues. It was just a cap thing. And they said, okay, you called us first. This makes sense for us. Let's do it. Other than that, like what trade is he like one, like his, his excuse, every time he makes a trade and he gets flack. Oh, well, there's a lot of competition on the player. It's like, he says that all the time. Like it's, he's burning through assets. If we're not like rebuilding or retooling or whatever the hell he thinks we're doing, like, why is he burning through assets like that then? Why are we not adding anybody? Like, I just don't get it. I, he really, really burned through some draft picks. So I, I'm very worried about his ability to add players via trade if he's not getting taken for a ride, you know? So it's that's that's where the whole conversation stemmed from. And we came up short for, you know. <laughs> oh, and the, the other point with losing Gudis, it's like he wants to bring in to make the team tougher. But, like, teams that do that correctly have a good team first and then supplement with those style of players or something close to that. We don't have a good team. So to do that is kind of just silly. I I guess to sell tickets and make them entertaining is the way to go. But at the end of the day, it's a flawed way to build a team. And we're going to see firsthand how bad it is. That's for sure. And so let's get to our final topic of the night here. Um, So forcing us out. (laughs) No, no, we we have, we got a good little stretch here uh, coming up on 50 minutes. Uh, so we, we were kind of talking before the show, and Jack, you're going to have to give a little backstory here, but we, we kind of came to, you know, Dave Scott, this is what I put in my notes, Dave Scott versus Chuck Fletcher, because it seems like they, they may be against each other, or at least not on the same page. And if they are on the same page, they do a, a crappy job of making it look like they are. Um, so Jack, you have, a, you have some notes over there. Why don't you bring us up to speed a little bit and and we'll have a conversation about it. All right. Long story short, I'm trying to establish some kind of timeline based on the organization's ability to just constantly lie to us, at least lately. So I went back to uh, when AV was fired, essentially, and I was trying to, you know, re-listen to some old pressers. And uh, <laughs> one I got into was around January 26th. Um, it was before the trade deadline, obviously. 
just a couple of quick um, updates from what was discussed. What it was Dave Scott and Chuck Fletcher. Um, they were trying to avoid surgery with Ellis. This the injury could be season ending. Um, that was like the first time we had heard that. We also, the first time we heard uh, Fletcher use aggressive retool when asked about rebuilding or retooling or whatever with the trade deadline. He said, yeah, everything is on the table. We're going to try to aggressively retool. Still don't have a firm definition of what the hell he meant by that. Um, Charlie uh, O'Connor had asked him if there needs to be some kind of major change um, based on how poorly the team's been and with Drew being 34 years old, which Fletcher did bring up. And he said, yes, but they needed uh, a way to get bring in top end talent, which naturally led to the draft. Uh, as it's hard to sign players here, not every it's not like Johnny Gaudreau sitting out there or anything. You have to draft to get these top end talent players. So, <laughs> Johnny sitting so uh, saying he wants to come to your team or anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's really rare. Those situations don't often happen, so you can't count on that. Um, so um, he, he he said he kind of agreed. He goes, yeah, it's going to have to come down to the draft, but he doubled down on the players that are here are uh, good enough to you know to overcome that essentially uh they're going to rectify that based on who they brought in and whatnot um finished with definitely need to add more pieces and that will be the focus going forward add more pieces that feels like add to what you already have um so just think about who we lost and what we brought in um and a couple more dave scott said he didn't see this being a three to five year build what i liked about this question was he said Two to three more pieces would be great. And then he looked right at Fletcher and said, maybe a little more. And I don't know what that meant. Did he want more than three pieces or did he want two to three good pieces? Either way, it seemed like a you need to do a better job kind of stare. Uh, and that was in January. Think about where we are today and what they added. Um, and they said basically they were you know looking at the co coaching, the team, the front office even. And then he finished that with – we should get this thing right and be in it next year. That's hilarious because after this free free agency, does anybody think we're in anything besides our own hell? Like I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> if, I don't know if that's Fletcher versus Scott or just they just had to get through the presser and we'll just deal with the fallout later. Um, and yeah, I still have to finish up the rest of it, but um, already having watched half of that one presser, there's other ones that you can see they're lying. They're setting the foundation for failure. They're lying. Scott wants something different than Fletcher clearly. Uh, and I'm sure it's going to get worse as I, I get more of these, but just seeing that one already was like, wow, like they, they are all over the place and they made promises then that they obviously aren't keeping. That's for sure. Kyle, you have any thoughts there? No, Jack nailed it. Well, so here's what it looks like. And how do I – I want to try to be unbiased here because I'm still a little bit angry at Fletcher. I don't think he's – I don't think he's innocent in a lot of this. But I'm wondering how much – so, like, there's a lot to this. Like, it's not – it's not, like, cut and dry, right? Because there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. But some of the dysfunction, I think, leaks out into the press conferences, right? So, I uh, I'll just talk about what we're able to see. How about that? That's fair. So having your whatever Dave Scott is, what is he, the president of, of the, the, the team or something like that? or uh, He's like the, the liaison between Comcast and the team, essentially. Like he, he should not be at any of these things. He right. just shouldn't. Like what, he's, he shouldn't be talking about the hockey team. He doesn't, he doesn't know the sport. He's not the general manager. Why is he at these meetings? He causes more damage than good, right? And the thing that sticks out clear as day in my mind, and I've said it on the show before, is the blank check comment. If he never, ever makes that comment, does anybody get their hopes up for this offseason that they're going to be you know, signing and wheeling and dealing? I don't think so. Probably, we, not, not, probably not to Goudreau stuff. But Fletcher did say aggressive retool. Right. Now, now, aggressive retool doesn't tell me necessarily Goudreau, but blank check does. So I get I get what you're saying there. Right. I mean, it doesn't – aggressive retool doesn't – if you take away blank check out of that, aggressive retool doesn't necessarily spend – it doesn't say to me spend money. 
It could mean, all right, well, we're going to make a couple deals. We're going to make a couple trades or, or you know, whatever. Parts. Right. We don't have the right pieces here. We're going to make trades to, to get the ones we need. Right. We'll bring back uh, on. Yeah. So if I'm Chuck Fletcher, after that, after that press conference where, oh, I'm going to write Chuck a, a blank check and that this is Chuck's team. I have a, I have a real problem with that. I'm taking them be in a separate room, locking the door. I'm like, dude, you just threw me to the wolves. Now, if I don't find a way to make cap space and, you know, do all this, you know, wave my magic wand, you fed me to the wolves. Why did you do that? Do you, do you not want me here? Like what? That's dysfunction. And to do that in the media, I think is a real problem. Just when we have these meetings, do me a favor. Unless somebody asks you a question, shut your mouth. For real. Don't talk. Because you're, you're creating more problems than you, than you are solving any. You, you know, dude, imagine, imagine how much of a, a moron you got to be to go, I'm handing this guy a blank check, right? Because you want to make yourself look good like you're the guy fixing the team. Dude, Get out of here with that. That that really bothers me. And and I know Jackie had uh, more points there, and I'm focusing on that one. But it just shows you how much uh, like a, an egotistical moron Dave Scott is. Like, Dave, whatever you're good at, go do it. It's not this. Just stay out of it. Let the hockey guys do their thing, right? We had heard during the season that that Fletcher didn't want to do this, go out and buy, uh, you know, this player, that player. I think we had the impression during one of the press conferences that he would rather do. I'm, I'm not so sure rebuild, but this retool thing and still don't know what that means, whether it's okay, let's go into next year. Well, here's apparently what they meant by it. They're going to reevaluate the roster. And then you would assume after they evaluate this roster that year two and year three of Tortorella is when they start, you know, getting things in gear. A lot of assumption. You're right. Like they tell us one thing and they do another, and it's because they're not, they're not on the same page. Guys are talking that shouldn't be talking. I don't want to hear from Dave Scott during hockey press conferences. I want to hear from Chuck Fletcher. I want to hear from John Tortorella. I want to hear from the players. I want to hear from the staff. He's got nothing to do with hockey. I'm going to keep going. So if you guys want to chime in, go ahead. I just, I just want to add that, like we talked about their indecision, how they are on a trajectory. Tortorella. Uh, D'Angelo, aggressive retool. Those are both aggressive retool moves. And then out of nowhere, they shut it down, bring back Braun, Delorier, and it's like, what happens? Like, I just feel that's that that and some of this verbiage here from what Scott's telling Fletcher and maybe what Fletcher actually wants to do, there's a lot of voices in the front office, and they're not on the same wavelength. And that just, you could see it, the seeds of it back in January and what's going on now. And it, it, it makes sense to me, you know, it's like, why'd you go so hard for this or that? And then pull back like, and he didn't do him any favors. Now I do think Fletcher needs the heat risen on his ass a little bit for sure, but you know, he's got to be creative. Like the guy just, I can't do it. Sorry. It's not possible. Come on, man. Like I remember the Chicago had to sign Kane and Taze to those mega, mega contracts and he couldn't afford to keep anybody. I think it was Stan Bowman, you know, and he had to, he got creative. He was making trades every year, man. He brings in Panarin. He trades him to Columbus, brings back Sod. He had Sharp for a while, had to move on from Sharp, bring in the next guy. He was constantly moving pieces to make it work. Fletcher goes, nope, can't do it. Sorry. Here's Justin Braun and Delorier for four years, two of them, which I uh, can't trade him. Fourth liner. That's unprecedented, but whatever. And oh, by the way, no backup goalie. Cause you know, that's life. Like, Jesus Christ, I get that you're a little strong, but, like, no creativity at all? Zero zip? Nada? We're just going to have to wait this out? That, that, that's fucking horrible. Uh. <laughs> well, we made it. What's the minute, Mark? 59 minutes, so about 40 uh. seconds shy of an hour. Uh, once per um, Yeah. Yeah, I, there isn't much to say that we haven't already said. You know, it's just uh, we're in a reevaluation year. You know, we're, I guess we're going to re, re, re I feel like we should get a video of re retool and then it slowly turns to reevaluate. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think you just described it, Jim. I've been looking for what the hell aggressive retool means, and it actually just means reevaluation. I, I like, I guess, like, uh, like they're redefining. They're, they're doing what the uh, the White House is doing now. They're redefining words. Like they've they've messed up so bad that they told they told us retool. Oh, retool actually means this, guys. Like, mm -hmm. come on, we're the problem, Jim. We're yes, the problem. Can, they're yeah. fine. We're just idiots. That's yeah. all. We're dumb. We don't know vocabulary. We don't, we don't know anything. We're not in a recession. Sorry. I don't want to get it. Oh, it's like idiocracy. <laughs> yeah, right? But yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much the thing. Like you guys, you know, we did regret. We did aggressive retool. We got the Laurier and uh, Braun. We did everything we said we were going to do. We should go just straight up idiocracy. And instead of having like water for our ice, just do Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> and, and i'm saying like this is just one presser the first one and i'm already like finding gold i'm curious what these other ones are gonna you yeah. know well unrivaled. we should make that a segment I, I, what about this we'll make this a segment for however many shows we have left in the off season until flyers hockey yeah you know i don't know what we'll call it but you're gonna find something in each of uh press because every press conference there was something so we'll have something to talk about yeah, I haven't even gotten to the blank check yet. That might be a different one. <laughs> so I have to finish this one, but you know, the blank check could be another one. You got the post, uh, you got the trade deadline, post trade deadline. I mean, whew, I mean, there's just, just there's so much juice. <laughs> you got to find the one where where they go. This is Chuck's hire. This is Chuck's oh, yeah, coaching that, hire. All him. Inside joke was great. And then a couple months later, you hear they hired a firm. <laughs> it was hardly as high at all. Can but, you just imagine your boss telling you to do something and you go, okay, and you go hire somebody else to do that job? Yeah. We're just going to bring in these or guys to make sure. Done? They're going to guide you to make sure we bring in the right person. What and the hell goes, are you paying me for? Right. And I don't like who they chose. Too bad we're going with them. Okay. Yeah. Well, I wanted them the whole time. You know, the firm yeah, liked them. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, I like right. them. Of course I like them. Yeah. Of course. He's the best ever. Yeah. All right. Well, we hit an hour. Oh man, I don't know. Great I, success. I feel good. I just don't. I don't know what to say. You know what is there to say, Jim? It's August first, and we got a whole season of dog shit to look forward to. I mean, what's there you, to say? You remember this time last year when we were like, "Oh my god, we got Ryan Ellis, we got Cam Atkinson, Vorchek's gone, rest the line, and we'll see." You know, we toughened up the defense a little bit. I think I had um, them finishing second in the Metro. Boy, was I a dumb. Dumb, dumb. I mean, if it was inverted, yeah, right. Last. <laughs> well, maybe we should start changing the definitions of things. If the Flyers yeah. finish in last place, maybe they actually won. Yeah, well, I mean, try. people can just change recession too. Yeah. We should do. We should do <laughs> change everything. It, change it back. You mean or or? I have no idea. We'll just change <laughs> it to eight eight months of losing money. As a... yes, actually, you need to be down for <laughs> eight months, not two. Well, um, the last two hey, it's, right. it's worth a try. We got to do something to get us through this season. I mean, maybe we just have a show where we just are wrong on everything. Well, or right, really. Who knows? The wrong know. is right show. Yeah. It's early. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yep. What do, what do they call it in that show you guys like? Uh, you guys watch that Stranger Things show, The Upside Down, or the is that not out. it? Yeah. Our next show will be The Upside That's going to be the, the Flyer season, The Upside Down. With Chuck Fletcher or Fletcher Chuck. Whew. all right well let's let's end this one where's yeah. the uh where's the thing what else do we got Are you guys got anything you want to get out or, or, or uh mention before we uh put this one away negative let me just double check yeah i think that's it all right well was next monday a holiday I don't think it is. All right, we'll be back next holidays week. Holidays. Making, yeah, well, in it could world, be. Now there every is. Every day's holiday. Now there is, Jim. <laughs> now there's a holiday in August. Great I, job. Wait, I th wait, wait. Because I think they're just adding random things here. So there actually is a holiday. I just well, it's, remembered. It's called Ashura. Don't tell Ashura, me it's not true. Go look, go look in your Apple calendar. It's there. I think it's right. it's like National Waffle Day or one of those things. Uh, I don't know. Let's let's look, Google it real quick. We got sure. a couple minutes. All right, Ashura holiday on August eighth. August eighth. Why am I saying eighth like that? August eighth and ninth in Bahrain. Hey, you want me to read this? <laughs> it's on here. Jim, this isn't Bahrain. 
Yeah, but still, we should observe it. All right, his yeah, royal highness observe, prince. We should observe every holiday all across the world and just never go to work. Sign me up. I'm in. If I don't get off from work, it's not a holiday. It's how it works. Government. Tell the post office that you need off for a sure. Because it's they get off in Bahrain. It's your I'm sure you won't be getting off. <laughs> all right. That's gonna do it for the episode, boys and girls. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out as always. Next time you catch us live, it'll be next Monday on Ashura, August 8th. Everybody drink your green stuff, take your vitamins, and enjoy the rest of your night.